Oh. <laughs> what? He froze, Patrick. He made like a weird throat noise. It was like, <laughs> Welcome to the Dante Show. Welcome to the Dante Show. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> and okay, getting into the bad accents. To all new listeners. Exactly. We're getting, <laughs> let's, let's not do my bad accent. We haven't done accents in a long time, I don't think. For a good reason. Very true. You're listening to The John Chi Show, hosted by three Korean-American adoptees diving headfirst into what it means to be adopted, Korean, American, and more. And now, here's your host. Nathan, Patrick, and KJ. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. If you're listening to this right as we release it. Good for you. Episode of the John Actually, T. Show. Right <laughs> as we release it is... Oh, I guess it... Yeah, it, it is, is 6 a.m. On, e, on the east in Eastern Standard. Yeah, 3 a.m. Pacific. 3 a.m. So. Pacific. Hello to you. 4 a.m. Mountain. 5 a.m. Central. We're just going in every time zone. I don't know the international <laughs> time zones, so I'm not going to list them off. But welcome, and thank you for joining us again on another edition of the John G Show. I am Patrick Armstrong, here with my fellow co-hosts, KJ Relke and Nathan Nowak. Fellas, how are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for asking. Your boy is turd. 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 that means turd. I'm yeah. also turd. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, it's I have, I have no reason to be tired. I just am. So that's where I'm at. But I'm excited cool. for this episode. Excited to be doing a solo. Uh, excited to be back in back in the saddle, recording another John Chi. Let's do. Let's give yourself a little mental jog by letting our listeners know what our show is about and what the word John Chi means. Uh, John Chi in Korean means to feast, uh, and you can't feast without really well. I guess you can feast with, without celebrating, but why would you? Uh, that's so that's we're here to to celebrate our shared culture, our shared origin story of Korean adoption. Um, celebrate the diversity of those stories, and uh, we often do that with a guest. Um, and sometimes we do that just by taking some time to ourselves to uh, examine what's going on in our lives, what's going on in our brains, and what's the intersection of adoption and Asianness and just being us uh, got to do with it. So that's, that's who we are. It's what we're about. Um, we also so much better jump of an explanation a, than mine. A food later at the end of the show. Uh, yeah, you have or good a drink, but it's usually foods. So. Uh, mine's are all over the place. That was that's good. That was very eloquent. Nathan, it's you. You explain well. It just always sounds like you're padding for time. Yeah, you're just <laughs> John John, Just I'm wait. It'll for come to me. Effect, wait. Okay. Hold. Wait. Let me just. Can someone? Okay. Wait. I f- ah yes, John Chi. I believe it means. And I oh, believe it was an old wooden warship. <laughs> old old wooden ship. Well, that's they just in case anyone. You know, listening to it in, you know, one and a half time or something like that. Nathan, I don't think that the station <laughs> has any use for an old, old wooden ship. But good try. 
Okay. I like that. <laughs> I like that you're you're like you know if somebody's listening to this at 1.5 speed or 2x speed, I'm gonna slow it down. I'm gonna actively work <laughs> against your speeding up algorithm. Yeah, I'm exactly. gonna talk real slow <laughs> and then change it up and talk really fast. <laughs> oh, close. Hold on, where the Okay. And goodbye to the rest of the listeners who have also been with us for however long you've been with us. Two and a half years now. Approximately one episode. Oh. <laughs> and the last episode. And this is um, But yes, that is who we are. That's pretty much what the show is about when there's no guest here. It yeah, that's is the whole just show. us. That's rambling. Talking <laughs> to each other. Hanging out. True. Because the only time we can hang out is if we do it on the computer. Because we don't that's live true. in the same place. Mm-hmm. We can't or record group, this live together. We're not texting. that cool. Yeah. We hang out through texting, and, you know, sometimes we have fun conversations in our text message chains, and sometimes we have fun conversations on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) This is one of those times. (laughs) I like the confidence. This is one of those times. This is also one of those times. For those people people sitting here doubting it right now, this is (laughs) one of those times we have a really good conversation. (laughs) Because we are Uh, your new best friends, right? We've got a lot of good topics to talk about today. Talk about Good. one of the topics, please. Good point. Well, okay. So I so I've been doing this thing where I try to get out and run because I've been doing this other thing called work. And uh what is that? I just hmm. I just sit at my computer <laughs> and I get no steps a day. Uh and so at the end of the day when my work is up, I just go run around. And I've been listening to this book called The Light We Give by Simranjeet Singh. Uh special shout out to Jerry and Dear Asian Americans. Um I got to listen well, I got to edit uh the episode that that he had the interview that he had with, with Simran. And that was like the first time that I experienced him. And I was like, man, I really like this guy. And then I'm like 80% sure he comes back on the show. He does. Uh, yeah. Great. So, and I was like, God, I really like this guy. And so he, he wrote this book, the light we give and it, it's finding balance and humanity uh, through the wisdom of sick teaching. And it's just, it's really good. Um, and it's also really challenging for me because I, I think about like, here's this guy who is so into Sikhi and and its teachings and its wisdoms and a lot of the things that he's saying are kind of mirrors or uh, opaque reflections of things that I've heard in Christianity, you know, and all the maybe the best parts of spirituality, those things that bind us together, the way the way of gratitude and um, radical love for others and all that kind of stuff, um, and he. He just, uh, he talks about like, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've been able to practice and cultivate gratitude in a way that grows my ability to empathize with human beings and all those kinds of things. And I like kind of not like set anger aside, but I've like been able to like shift anger. And it just reminded me like, oh man, when we started this show, it was 2020. Every, it was the pandemic. It was, uh, maybe the first, the height of the first wave of anti-Asian violence, and I think we were pretty angry or if we weren't angry, we were hurt or, you know, like, there, but like this show was really born out of like this sense of injustice, this sense of what do we do about it? The sense of, um, I got to do something. I've got a lot on my mind and I've, apparently I have a lot of time. What do we do? Right. Um, but I wonder now three years on, are you, are we still 
angry? Are we still passionate? Do we still have like, do those things hit us the same way? And we've unfortunately just experienced some things kind of collectively in our um, Asian American space uh, that are, are definitely cause for anger and cause for grief. But I'm curious, um, where are your heads at? Nathan, why don't you go first? But where are your heads at? And and how do those things, those current events hit you these days? Is it the same? Is it different? You know, in the, in the journey of these three years? Sure. Um, I definitely still feel anger at times because I think I'm more aware of things to look for and uh the, the little key you know phrases that i see people say or um especially people that shouldn't be saying these things because they're in the 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 media or the the influential um political spaces that that i do not want to hear those types of words come out of their mouth and those things make me really angry um you know i mean and it just I don't know, maybe I wasn't seeing those before. Maybe there's more of them now after, you know, after four years of a certain presidency. Um, it's just, but it's it's been to a point now where that stuff angers me. And that really, when I see it, it, uh, you know, it's not adoption, you know, it's not anti-adoption stuff. Well, some of the, it was, I guess, a couple of years ago specifically, but it's just anti-Asian hate and it's anti, you know, Asian American hate, or it's just, you know, you know, just, racist in general toward other countries or other, you know, ethnicities and things like that. I just, it, uh, it annoys me more now than it did, I think, uh, three years ago. Um, because you would hope that in three years there'd be a little bit of change. Uh, and, you know, and I think I'm, I'm hopeful that there is going to be some change and that there is going to be the awareness of people out there that have, uh, you know, that have seen these things and, understand that that i think that's going to help create change and uh, and that i am hopeful for so yeah i like what you said about awareness i think that's definitely a part of it even for or for myself um i think i've always had like a really tumultuous relationship with anger i think for a long time i've just been for a long time i was just very angry at like the world and angry at everything around me and i didn't have it was unfocused and I didn't know like what the root of that anger was. Um, something that this question has elicited to me, I just watched, rewatched Black Panther Wakanda forever. Um, and one of the things that Shuri talks about and that she's dealing with. No spoilers. Oh, <laughs> no, I don't think this is, I don't think this is a spoiler. All right. Okay. Spoiler alert potentially for Black Panther, but this is, this is a thematic spoiler, I guess. So Shuri is... So the is, worst kind of spoiler. <laughs> okay, should I say it or not? No, it's uh, fine. I, I, I won't <laughs> it's say it. has been out for long enough. I'm just I feel it's like fine. it's out on Blu-ray now, so like you should yeah. be able to have seen it. I feel like it's been out long enough. Okay. Look, okay. I'm about to watch it, but it's fine. <laughs> I'll get over it. I'll probably forget Okay, well, the, the movie <laughs> overall is about mourning and grief. Like, a lot of it is driven by that. And one of the characters in the movie... <laughs> Shuri. Motivation is, like, she's angry at the world for, for loss and for a bunch of different things. Um, and I feel like that was, and I feel like it's just kind of everywhere and it's happening all at the same time. And like, it's again, like really unfocused. And I like what you said, KJ, about like listening to Simran and talking about anger shifting, like, or shifting where the anger is maybe directed at. And I think over the last three years, that's what I've learned to do and like how to harness that and walk with it. Um, and I say all of this having not gone through therapy at all. 
So I don't know technically if this is what I'm doing. This is all just speculative advice, but just based on my experience, um, I feel like those moments where the anger is uncontrolled and just lashing out are, are fewer and further between, um, having come to understand myself better to come to accepting my identities, to be able to like know who I am, because I think by knowing who I am and understanding kind of my origins in a way that I never understood them before, it's given me a place to kind of think about like, where does that anger come from? And then now having accepted myself as Asian and Asian American, like in realizing I am part of that community, when these events happen, when violence and assault and, and hate happens to people of our community, I think I feel it more deeply. And I think the anger is 100% there, but it's focused, it's focused rage. And I know kind of where I'm directing that anger. I know where the anger is coming from and why it's there. And I understand that it's not just my pain or anger that I'm feeling, but the communal, I think, anger and pain. Um, because I do, I, I do think it's like rooted very deeply in like, our blood and like coming from being Korean, despite being adopted, despite growing up in predominantly white communities um, and white culture and white institutions, predominantly white institutions, you know, we still have that connectivity, but sometimes they have to uncover it. And by going through this work, doing the show, um, being able to take advantage of opportunities and to, to better understand myself and to accept myself as being the person that I am, you know, it's connected me to that. It's opened up the, the the pathways to connection. And I think that anger has went from being just untargeted, unfettered, just rage to being something more productive and something that's not destructive, but hopefully constructive and what comes out of it. I don't know if that answers your question, but I hope it does. It sounds like you're still angry and you've just learned to shift and focus and not it not let it overwhelm you and be sure like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a scatter scatter shot of just like anger that you like kind of do but you're actually like well actually let's let's hone in on it and and have it be for a purpose is that right yeah, yeah yeah there's like there's like a reason for the anger now instead of yeah. just being like i don't understand why i'm feeling this but i'm super mad about Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just interesting because, and I'm not like, I literally, I heard it while I was suffering through a run-walk situation today. You say, so, you say suffering through? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I'm so you- lazy. My new step goal for my life is 6,000 steps a day, which is... Have you thought about getting one of those like stationary like treadmill things that they have? My like desk is set up for that. Oh, like okay. Sarah's, I could do like a standing desk situation, but I'm mm. not. Yeah, it's fine. It's All fine. Right. We can get into our fitness. Later <laughs> our, that was part of this foot, conversation. Those little yeah. foot pedal things. That just <laughs> yeah, go like it's, this. it's fine. It's fine. Just hit us up in our DMs or something. Um, yeah, so it was just like, it's one of those things because, so another book that I read last year maybe um, was The Case for Rage by Maisha Cherry. And Maisha Cherry is um, a, among other things, a black female philosopher who kind of follows in the... Um, Audrey Lord School of Thought. And so her book, The Case for Rage, which I think I might have talked about on the show, kind of like sets up the argument for uh, uh, Patrick, what you were talking about, which is actually like what she coins Lordian rage, right? So it's mm. like the idea of like, uh, it's it's kind of like a an unreligious term for like like righteous anger. 
it's sure. more than that but like that's kind of the concept right but like lordian rage is that like oftentimes when we think about anger anger is often called like bad or a negative emotion or whatever but she's like actually no it is right and good to be angry like that is the appropriate response when things happen you know when there is mass murdering of a minority community or like a hate crime or honestly just somebody calling you something racist down the street like it is appropriate and right for you to get super angry about that and what you do with it you know like how you respond that's a whole other thing and so it's just interesting like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm listening to Simranjit Singh talk in the light we give about how he's able to like focus on like, instead of being overwhelmed by anger, like move through that to gratitude, move through that to compassion, move through that to, and he talks specifically about, um, an, an incident in Wisconsin not too long ago where, um, uh, a Sikhi place of worship got shot up. Um, and like how his community was rallying around that. And he had the opportunity to, um, this is in this book. So I guess like minor spoilers, but he had the opportunity to like talk to, it's not like a, it's a whatever, uh, to talk to some like younger, uh, sick students, I guess. Um, and just like kind of ask them like how they were feeling about it and whatever. And just like, and they were asking, you know, like, you know, like one of the, the tenants is, you know, we believe that the divine exists in all things in all of us and in all of creation. And this guy that committed this horrible crime, like uh, one of the students, like I don't know, this young student was like, I don't know, he's horrible. He's evil. He did all these bad things, you know, whatever. And so it's like, and then it was the wrestling of, well, how do we wrestle with this person is evil as that is our initial reaction. And also the divine lives in all of us. And how do we respect and see and honor the divine in that? So it was just like one of those things where it was like, yeah, so he was able to shift and like be able to like elevate it out and see the humanity of people while maybe still being angry or, you know, those kinds of things. So, yeah, it was just interesting. Like, I was just curious to hear like the journey of, you know, are you still angry? What's, what's been that, that case of, um, of the journey of the three years? Because I think for me, like my world has shifted. And on the one hand, Nathan, like you were saying, like, I know more, I'm connected to more, you know, whatever it's nice. And on the other hand, um, you know, like at the, at, at the lunar new year festival, I, Sarah told me about it and I just like, I don't know, maybe I wasn't in that right headspace to receive it, but then hanging out with Stephanie and then even talking with you, Patrick later, like both of you specifically said something about doom scrolling. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's a thing. And then I started doing it. And I was like, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't need to do that. But I felt, yeah. I felt guilty that I didn't have a stronger reaction. Like I felt guilty that I wasn't like angry. Like I just felt so not even apathetic. I mean, I guess it is apathetic, but it just like, you know, like it, it nothinged me. And I, I know that on the one hand, that's a privilege um, and, a, and a thing that I shouldn't feel bad about. And on the other hand, I'm like, well, I, I do host a podcast. I feel like I should say things i should have a bigger reaction to that so i guess like for me am i still angry no but it's it's i just feel like i've not um afforded myself maybe the the awareness of things in the broader community well i think that comes with or is a byproduct of like constant trauma like constant Mm -hmm. things happening you know, it's, we're not built, we weren't built for this. Nobody's built to like constantly withstand 
and deal with and try and process so much. So I think at the end of the day, yes, it is a privilege to be like, I'm, I've no reaction to this, or I maybe didn't even know it happened until a week or two weeks later. Um, and it's also, but it's all, I mean, it's valid to feel, to be numb to it because it is like, it's hard. Like that's, it's just, it's just hard to see every day and to feel like I have to, Oh, another horrible tragedy, another mass death in our community and what's happening to make it better. Oh, nothing like very little that we can see in the public facing eye that I'm going to read on the, on my Instagram or see on the news, like probably nothing that I'm going to see in my everyday to day life. And it's like, I, you, how can you live like that? How, how are we supposed to, how are you supposed to be expected to live like that? But again, it is like a, and then again, it is like a privilege. And like you say stuff like that. And I say that and I'm like, man, but really, I know I would be feeling terrible probably or something like that, you know? And it's just like, it sucks. Like we shouldn't be in the position to even having this conversation, but here we are because every single day, something terrible like this is happening. And it just takes, you know, three weeks of it only being two people getting killed or one person surviving. And it's just an assault or it's just verbal. You know, and we're just now we're putting justifications on it and we're like trying to like rationalize in our minds the violence and, and the pain and the trauma just because it's like, well, this is, you know, this is how life is, you know, that we live. And that's that sucks. That's fucking it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I just um, I think actually my very first thought was like I was unsurprised. Yeah. And that was the first blip in my mind. <clears throat> my mind was like, of course it happened. And then I moved on. So yeah, maybe it is just a pure kind of like numbing trauma reaction thing. But yeah, I don't yeah. Know. my wife calls me out on it. She says, "Stop, you know, doom scrolling." As well, I, I do as well, and, and I start looking at one thing, and then I, I go find other details about it, and then other things. And it's it does. It seems like, you know, you do have to set it aside and, and put it down. You do have to turn it off because it'll affect your your personal mental health if you continually read things like that every single day. And and it's not that you're not supposed to stay informed. Like you, it's important right. to stay informed and it's important to know what's happening in the community, but you have to be able to take care of yourself too. Just having this conversation with my wife about how we show up for ourselves and like our own personal mental health, like how we take care of that. Um, uh, JS Park posted, he's a, uh, a chaplain and a writer and posted, talks a lot about grief. I posted a comment of somebody who after he took his daughter out of school for kind of like a mental health day, essentially somebody posted on there and he said, we're raising a generation of mentally weak children. And it's just like, and it's just like, well, hold on a second. Like somebody being aware of like needing to take a step back is one of the strongest mentally, <laughs> like one of the strongest mental things that you can do. Not one of the weakest. It's like, that's not softness. To me, yeah, I feel and like, it's just uh, like pro athletes who quote play through the pain end up having large yeah. issues with their health way like later down the road. Why would we encourage young people to do the same thing but with their brains? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, and it's just, uh, yeah, it's just like I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, and the same it's thing tough. about you know being angry, like you said earlier, being angry at certain things and calling it out. I think that that is important, you know, to state that um so oh i guess what i was saying because i've kind of forgot what i was saying there for a second but thank you for reminding me was that what i was talking to my wife about is like if we can't show up for ourselves fully or if we're not being able to show up for ourselves like it's hard to show up for the community 
And then it's hard to show up in these other places that we do need to be at the end of the day. But like we can't do the work we need to do if we're coming in at 40 percent, 50 percent even. You know, that's not we're 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 not we're doing a disservice to ourselves and to the people we're trying to help um, because we're stretching ourselves too thin. And it's not it's not ever going to be fair because there's always going to be people who are more marginalized than yourself, most likely. And, you know, at the end of the day, is there an opportunity probably to go the extra mile to stretch yourself a little bit thinner uh, to help that person or that part of the community? Yes. But you have to like, at the end of the day, it's like, it takes a lot to recognize, Oh, I need this boundary. Like you were just talking about from before we got, got on mic about setting that, like that work boundary of like doing stuff. Wait, was that you? No, that was somebody else that I was talking to. Sorry, my <laughs> computer, my Zoom calls are running together now. <laughs> we'll oh my goodness, I'm so, so sorry. That. But somebody I was accurate. talking to today about that, about work, was like, we were talking about setting boundaries. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just like, it's just, it's it's important. And, you know, I say this without having professional advice to be able to give. So please do not take anything that I say or on this podcast. I said on this podcast as professional mental health advice. But I think just in the in the abstract of being able to recognize, oh, I'm tired. I'm like down operating at less than optimal efficiency. I need to step back and like being able to do that without shame, without guilt, um, you know, it's tough. That's hard to do. But we got to do it sometimes if we can. If Simone Biles can do it, then I can <laughs> Simone Biles can do it. If Simone freaking <laughs> yeah. Biles can do it. <laughs> Where do I get off thinking that I'm too good to take a mental break? Yeah, who are you to think that you're too good to work on yourself? Um, I host a <laughs> podcast. It's like really taxing. Oh my God, you host a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> What's that like? Wild. Um, well, okay, so along those lines, Patrick, you heard uh, something on in an interview that sparked kind of your mind, uh, and I, and I, it was, I think it's interesting because like it's interesting. A, I think maybe for the historical like look back at ourselves but also be for like how it's changed so do you want to talk to us about that sure so um i was watching a hot ones interview the other day uh, with brian cranston and um i can't remember what the question was that prompted this response but essentially what he was talking about was oh it was it was asking about his favorite memory of vin scully so for those who don't know vin scully was a longtime los angeles dodgers baseball broadcaster um, who passed away a few years ago, I think, maybe last year, a couple years, I don't know. Um, but uh, he was asked, Brian Cranston was asked about his favorite memory, um, and he said he didn't have one favorite memory, but that when he was a kid, and when he would have, Vin Scully was like a safe space for him. So when he would have really not so great moments of his childhood, he could go to either the radio or the television and put on a Dodgers game and find himself and lose himself in that two or three hour period to Vin Scully telling the game, telling the story of the game, what's happening. And that was a safe space for him. And I was listening to the interview. I'm like, damn, Brian Cranston, I could listen to you talk all day. That was great. (laughs) Um, But I was also thinking like, I had never thought about, I think on this journey over these last two and a half, three years, I've been so focused on the traumas and like the pain of what's my, of my experience that I'd been covering up. I hadn't really thought about, what were the actions I took outside of being like suppress my identity to like find a <laughs> cultivate or find a safe space for myself? Like what was I doing that was really safe? So before I answer, I wanted to ask you two, um, 
Oh, he's growing up, up his hosting. And I'm going to go to, I'm going to make Nathan start again um, <laughs> and ask you, like, do, do you, did you have any, do you remember any safe spaces that you had for yourself as a kid where you're just like, I'm feeling low, I got to go do something. And this is what I went and did. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, uh, I always put myself into uh, sports and specifically different sports at different times, but I, I think <laughs> you had that ready. <laughs> I would play soccer, tennis, um, but then later table tennis. And I got into table tennis a lot. And I played literally every single day for three hours, probably for for an entire year. And that was just my life of of concentrating on that. And so if I was, you know, down on on you know, school or or other, you know, relationship issues, yeah, I would concentrate on table tennis and uh and uh, yeah, that's why I, I really loved that sport and the the camaraderie that I had from the other kids and and adults, I guess you could say, that were playing at the club. So. Did you ever do did, or sidebar, but I'll follow up. Did you ever do like table tennis practice solo? Like, was that a thing, or do you always have to have like a partner? To no. Practice? So I you at the table tennis club, um, they had a robot. And the robot, like you a, played with a um, robot. Interesting, very so like, interesting. <laughs> so essentially, like a um, you know, like a tennis uh, ball um, launcher, you know, where it's launching balls over the net for you. It's, it's essentially oh, a robot okay. that hits the ball over, and then you hit it back, and it goes into a net and recycles. And there's like you know, sixty to hundred balls or whatever recycled. Dude, I thought you were talking like I played against the ping and match <laughs> yeah, three times. No, I there is a robot, like but that's a whole other story. Yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> there, there is a robot that was created at some point. You can you can Google it on, or YouTube it, but. That's pretty. That's pretty advanced. No, this was just essentially a ball feeder and stuff like that. But you you would get into this rhythm of just hitting and focusing and just kind of yeah, going at it that way. And so yes, you could play by yourself because honestly, when you did play against other opponents and things like that, you did run into the problem of losing and getting, getting mm. angry or other things like that too. So Throwing the paddles. Yeah, exactly. So sometimes yeah, yeah hitting against the robot practicing it was was a little bit more uh, you know, um, I don't know. Of a of a nice calm moment. Okay, I have one more follow up because <laughs> now I'm very interested and in, I'm back in the ping pong career um, or the table tennis career. My apologies. And I have the robot, so uh, if you ever come by and okay, visit, okay, we'll not my question. The robot? Not my yeah. question. Wow. Thank you for answering it. Um, Sarah, did we have you plans now and that I'm hearing summer. about this robot that at the t- at the at the, at the table tennis club. I'm thinking about like in high school, you have these athletes that you identify as like, okay, you get the keys to the gym so you can go in and lift or shoot baskets or whatever. And I know that you had a a prolific table tennis career. Like, was that something that you achieved? Like, did you achieve star status where you got the key to use the ping pong or the, I'm so sorry, the table tennis machine and like, just go in and do practice on your own? Uh, I didn't. Um, my my good friend did. So he he lived across the street from me, and he mm. actually became the manager of the table tennis center. So him and I would just go. Oh, usually, he got in or, it. He got deep. So in he it. was yeah. He was always there, and he was the one who was involved in it. Um, but uh, yeah, I never got to that point where I was like w- like working for the table tennis club, or they would trust me enough. I mean, I, <laughs> I was still a kid. I was still sixteen to eighteen years old. At well, the I didn't time. know they were like we have a so. star that Noah. <laughs> He's a star. He's going to be a star. We got to get him in the gym as much as possible. Give him the game. No, no, no. Get him on in there. I was a recreational player. So, but, uh, well, I mean, I told you weren't. So, I had to ask when I found out about the robot. I had to ask. But my parents thought that it was such a good idea that I had time to play at the center. So sometimes, 
uh, when the center was closed. I don't know when it was because the center eventually closed or we moved to actually to Colorado. They bought, I think they bought the robot at that time too. So it wasn't the same robot. Uh, it was the same brand, but it was, uh, this one was the Pingomatic 350. It was a Robo Pong 2000 actually. <laughs> so it actually it did have a number in it. I'm incredible. telling you, man, straight out of the Jetsons. That's incredible. incredible. That's hilarious. Wild. What about you, KJ? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I think they're okay. So the here's first off, when I think of a safe space, I think of a place that for lack of a better term, I can like let my hair down, you know? Um, I, I just don't like when I was young, I guess that place was church. Mm. Um, and that was like specifically like my core group of friends from church. Um, but I, I don't know that like, like that just, that felt really right. And for a time, um, but looking back, it just was like, because I know I made that mental choice to say, I'm going to set my being Korean part of my identity aside for now and just focus on some other things. Like when I, if I were to retcon, I guess, um, the safe space of like church and youth group and community and all that stuff. And it was like, it was good for who I was then, but it wasn't the fullness of who I was then. Even though like I myself was ignorant to that or had like taken the blue pill and chosen naivety mm. for that. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, like it's, I guess it's kind of that it's kind of, um, <laughs> It's kind of video games, any role-playing game. I think mm. I've probably talked about this too, but like I always use my Korean, my given Korean name in role-playing yeah. games. Uh, and so even the simplest thing of like, well, in this universe, I am Juntae. And people call me by Juntae. And like that was like good enough. Unless I was playing a game where that like clearly breaks the rules of the world. But I was like, man, that sucks. Because like, you know, Mass <laughs> Effect, you get like, it's just a white guy and his name is commander shepherd. Right. Know? Like Junte shepherd. Like that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't, doesn't really vibe like, with what I'm trying to go yeah, for. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, whatever. So, but I, yeah, so I think that there's like the internet is always kind of afforded places. Like whenever I can get Junte, that always makes me feel like, well, even if they don't realize it, that's still like who I am. And that was like, allowed me to be myself. Um, but yeah, I don't know that I like, had a safe space maybe in some ways that people think about it or mean it, but that's how I think about it, what it means to me, what it meant to me then. It's changed now, obviously, which I'm sure we'll get to, but I want to hear about your historic safe spaces first, Patrick. Yeah, I think that um, when I was a little kid or when I was growing up especially, I had the privilege of having like a basketball hoop and I was really into basketball. And so not only like go play with a friend or something, but I would just go outside and just I could spend hours just shooting Playing around the world, coming up with scenarios. You know, it's the it, you're you're down one, clock running down, coming down the court. You throw the ball to shot. yourself. Oh yeah, on a quick you break, miss it a yeah. hundred times, so you reset the scenario many many yeah. times um, until you win and hit the shot. But um, I feel like that was definitely a space for me to just kind of when I was especially when I was like really mad about whatever, I would just go outside and and just shoot some baskets. Um, 
Kind of like, so one of those spaces for sure was with my grandma and like going to eat breakfast specifically with my grandparents. I felt like that was always something where, and it maybe it was just habitual and routine, less and, and more of that and less of a actual traditional safe space. But even as it, even as I like changed and, and got older, I do feel like that would be the thing that I would always come back to. Um, whenever I would go home to go out to sit in the same booth or at least go to the restaurant and be able to sit down and eat with my grandma. It felt like it would kind of recenter me. And I feel like that would feel very safe to me. And maybe that's comfort as opposed to safety, but very comfortable. Um, but kind of like you, KJ, listening to you talk about like youth group, especially, like I always kind of like forget that I would partake in Wednesday youth groups. <laughs> Yeah. Um, at the Methodist church, even though I wasn't really, I wasn't like Methodist, <laughs> I would just go there cause my friends were there. But I feel like at that, I feel like at that time I would have categorized that as a safe space for me. Cause it was like, kind of like it was similar friend group, but a little bit different than I would normally hang out with. You know, I think it was probably felt like the right thing to do at the time. Um, whether or not it was productive or unproductive for my own personal identity, um, remains to be unpacked, but I think stuff like that. Um, sports, for sure. Uh, even though they weren't really safe, I always felt like at home or at peace playing the game. So whether, and especially like actually in the game. So playing in basketball games and, or playing on and being on the field in football or even just doing an event and track. Like, and especially in football and basketball, the cerebral part, like using my mind to think about the strategy of the game in the game situations. I felt like I love to live in that space, uh, especially growing up because I was so dead set on going to college and playing sports and stuff until I got hurt and that whole thing changed. But for a long time, I felt like that was definitely like a safe space for me was to be on the field and, and operating in that manner. So when you said you were, you know, making scenarios and and stuff like that, did you project yourself as a player? Oh yeah, like, like okay. I was a, for sure a huge Michael Jordan fan. Okay, hundred percent. I was gonna say, but like, what was your number? <laughs> My number? Uh, yeah. So I was number twenty-two. In your brain, in your brain, though. Oh, twenty-three. Got to be twenty-three. Yeah, okay. okay. Number 23 now, number or number seven. Patrick Armstrong. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Patrick Armstrong Jordan. I didn't know what that I was working on my announcer podcast voice uh, out, on the, out on, the, on the concrete. A, t- but, a tangent then to that is, um, I'm sure this could be a whole topic in itself, but how, uh, how did you feel then uh, in the more recent years when there was somebody that was more representative like Jeremy Lin as, as a, a player? So that's a really interesting question. Um, when like Lynn Sanity happens, and it's 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 timely because like the documentary Thirty Eight The Gardens out and stuff, mm-hmm. um, which freaking incredible, very so, so, good. so good. It's so so good. Um, HBO Max, if you haven't seen it, uh, like when especially so when so I've told this before, but when Yao Ming was in the NBA, that was two thousand three, I believe he was drafted. Um, I was playing, I was just getting into high school. And then like, because I was East Asian, like everybody called me Yao Ming and I really did not <laughs> like it, but yeah. like I had to be that person. You know, right. if you were, if I was going to make it, I had to be that person. Um, and I didn't like it, but so like that colored my, my viewpoint and my POV of Lynn Sanity. So like I was taking all of this in, I felt like very isolated. So I liked watching it happen, but I also felt like, cause I still played basketball at this point in college, like with my buddies and stuff. Like, great. I've been through this before. 
So yeah, that was my experience like, with it. Oh, now, yeah, now, now people, I'm Jeremy Now Wynn. the races have a new mm-hmm. name to call Yes, me. exactly. Yeah. That's what it was. And But these racists are my friends. That's what I'm, <laughs> like, that was the thing. And, like, that was the hard thing about it. And it was, yeah. like, watching that happen, like, I, I wrote about this when the documentary came out because it made me think about this. Like, watching Lynn Sanity happen was really tough because I was, like, I was re- vividly remembering the Yao Ming stuff and, like, felt very... I, I was like, this is going to happen to me again. And I was like, this sucks because I love to play basketball and I don't want yeah. to feel that way. Yeah. Um, now, like now I'm definitely at a more place where I'm like, yes, more Asian people in the league. Like the, the group of guys that I play basketball with, I'm like slowly seeding the idea that we need to start an Asian American, like youth basketball camp because we all play, like we all I have do. the same like mind and, and love for the game. And I'm like, this is a need here. Like, let's do this. And yeah. so like feeling great about it. But before, like, even when Lynn Sanity happened, like, 2012, you know, this is four years removed from, like, a lot of the Yao Ming stuff. And, like, I was still, like, so in my shell and hate, like, just hated it, hated being associated. And it was, it was tough to go through because I, I still was. Like, I, obviously, when well, I went to the court and shot a three, like, you're, you're now Jeremy Lynn. Mm-hmm. But that's, like, that's the thing, too, is, like, there's not enough distance for you to like be like oh yeah i had my shot and you're whatever and now like i didn't but i can just celebrate like what jeremy lynn and lynn sanity means right for the culture for the moment whatever because you were still in it and so right. all you knew was like your own sphere and you're like my own sphere is like this is another name people are going to call me that continues to not be me like yao ming isn't necessarily us because like as far as i remember he's not like he's not like an american-born no chinese he was player. just yeah right? he was yeah. like just chinese came and yeah, played just in a, america just and then boba, he went back to china <laughs> boba chinese player cool because you're tall and then jeremy lynn is like closer to that but he's still not us he's not like he's certainly not an adoptee but he's mm-hmm. also like he's not korean you know whatever all those kind right. of things so it's just like another way that like you feel recognized by a part of you that as i know your story like you weren't really vibing with and also it was just like the people see me as this which means that they don't they continue to not see me at all and so just the inability to like really feel accepted by these racists who are your friends which is i totally get that too you know you're just like all right this is not not good well 100 percent. well and here's the thing too is that like watching the documentary made me realize just how important Lynn Sanity was to the community that I was missing out on. Yeah. And then my, so my experience of Lynn Sanity colored it so much to like, it's so insular to me where I'm like, I didn't really care for it, even though I liked watching Jeremy Lynn play. I thought it was a great player. Um, and then to realize, holy shit, this like meant so much to so many people. Like listening yeah. to Frank Chi, the director, talk about going, trying to go to the game, couldn't get tickets because people were scalping them for like, exorbitant prices <laughs> and then going to a bar in K-Town, um, which is really close to Madison Square Garden and watching it at like a karaoke bar or uh, somewhere and like just watching it with other Asian American people and how powerful and meaningful it was to see this happening. Like they talk about it as like heroic. Like this is a literal hero that we don't get. Like we have yeah. not gotten um, truly on screen in any way, especially in like a, a national sport, like a, like a, like the professional leagues of sporting. We haven't seen an Asian American, not just succeed, but dominate in that fashion and realizing like watching this documentary being like, Oh my God, like I was out here, like kind of lo- like low key shading Jeremy Lynn because I'm like, you made my life worse, but I'm like, Holy shit. You made so many, many other people's lives better. And I'm like, yeah. technically in the long run, you made my life better. 
Yeah. So, yeah. Well, the closest thing, I, I wouldn't say that there was nobody before Jeremy Lin, um, because when I, back in the day, I used to play tennis, and I always played as Michael Chang. Um, and so Michael Chang was, you know, one of the big tennis players, I always had big rivalries against like Agassi and stuff um, back in the day. And I always thought, uh, you know, he he had some following and some, you know, supporters, um, but it, a little bit different. It wasn't a, as mainstream tennis, not as many people watch tennis as they do. Sure. You know, and I'm not saying like those, and, and I'm definitely not saying like Jeremy was like the only representation of that. You know, yeah. I know there's definitely Asian players peppering, especially like the major leagues, like baseball. Yeah. Um, I feel like even, especially in the early two thousands, uh, you started to see a lot more players like Ichiro come over and play. Mm, yeah. So it's not like there wasn't, but again, like, like you had talked about, it was like so far removed from my personal experience. Like these players I was seeing on the screen, like I wasn't making that connection. It was just like I was only it was only like the negative connotation of like what that meant for myself. Yeah, I would never have called myself Jeremy Lin. Um, my friends actually called me Novak. Novak, because because there's a professional basketball yeah. Steve Novak. Yeah, so it was very yeah. similar to my last name, <laughs> and that was that was the closest I know. Had nothing to do Has with no, anything. No, nothing to do other than your name almost is the same, but not. It's it, not honestly. the same. I know. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, well, do you want to do the second part of this question? No, or... you know what? Let's save it for our next solo. Okay, cool. Um, I've made a note of it. It's going good. It's a great reason for the one listener who stuck around to come back uh, for our next solo <laughs> yes. episode. The one so listener who stuck around, thank you, because you got a great episode. Yeah, shouts out. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to jump into a food. Here we go. Food. Welcome back to the John Chi Show snack time. <laughs> snacky, snacky, snack time. I know, I know. It's all, it's all, it's all, all different. It's all, all good. All, <laughs> all good. It's all good. All good. We are here we today got? with a a chocolate wafer crunchy rice bar thing. It just says premium baked crispy roll. And then when I looked up the translation, it, it actually says full of 21 cr- kinds of domestic grains. Premium baked potato. So it's I got, got premium some baked health. potato right here. It's funny how they make it like healthy in a way, but yet it's a chocolate wafer bar. So I don't know. Well, I heard that chocolate is healthy for you in moderation. Well, hey, yeah, that's probably true too. So, well, I've heard but, it's a drug. <laughs> it's her chocolate is a hell of a drug. It looks like it looks like round little uh, yeah wafer bars with oh. uh, chocolate in the middle. I mean, it be really easy uh, when you open your package because half of mine is smashed oh, to pieces. Smashed up. Sorry about that. The other half ah. is fully intact. <laughs> I mean, it looks. It looks like a little crunchy. churro stick. Yeah, like a little churro kind of. with chocolate in the middle of it. Kind oh, we of. don't have video. Oh. oh, maybe it is this. I just saw the message come through, and I still went up to the camera. Hmm. Oh, hey, everybody, check this out. Okay, great. Huh. Uh, the Korean on it says, I think, "Kuwa Mandan," and then it says, "Kokmul Kudeiru," and then it says "21," and then there's choco, so it's chocolate flavored. It's Kemi <laughs> Food, which is a new brand for us. So, 
Yeah, well, Kemi know. Foods, first impression, I like it. Yeah, I'm just going to say, yeah, Kemi, K-E-M-Y food. Um, oh, that's probably Kemi, but not Kemi. Well, that's the website, K-E-M-Y Well, that's a classic pronunciation for Patrick, so. Uh, yeah. the oh, that's crumbly. First impression is that, yeah, the, the outer wafer part of it is not what I expected it to be. It's like. Oh. It's no, like, I hear uh, 21 grains. I'm thinking. Wait. Yeah. Ah. Okay, I don't like it. I like the chocolate though. I think the chocolate is like tasty. I just want to. I like journey. the whole thing. Wow. I don't know. There's See, something about, about the three chocolate. more in my box. So yeah, the chocolate is very about creamy. That. I want another one. I will say it's given the chocolate filling is giving me. Uh, it's a, a reminiscent to. Maybe is the, the corn chi filling or something. Yeah, it's not it's cold yeah. and yeah. wet, but it, there is a like consistency to <laughs> that. It is cold, flavor. actually. <laughs> Don't tell me that. Then I'm gonna drop it points. Eat another one. No, I like I like the chocolate. Did you just tell me to eat another one. Yeah. I'm surprised no, you haven't well, eaten all of them. Well, after Did, our last snack, yeah, I feel like I need one. to eat it. As you need to eat the entire box. <laughs> this is not over until you finish the entire box, Patrick. Yikes! I suck. Yeah, I'm gonna be taking the cholesterol medicine. <laughs> I keep doing that. Yeah, Nathan had to quit the John Chi show because he. You just have to go play some more basketball. That's all. Like, what do you mean? It made us. You guys were eating processed food. So, was I eating red meat? Hmm. Um, all right. Okay. Um, yeah, jump in. I got ratings. some thoughts. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna go ahead. I want to hear your thoughts because I've already expressed mine. Nathan's expressed a few of his. So you've just made audible noises. <laughs> I want to hear your fully formed words. <laughs> nice. Noises with no consonants. Uh I think it smells funny. Oh, interesting. Like Well, now I got to do another. Yeah, you know, now I have to open a third one and smell it. The initial smell <laughs> is weird to me. And then here's the here's the thing that happened. So I I ate it and I was like, "Oh, this is good. It's got like a good like I'm okay. I'm I'm here for this vibe." But then, yeah, it smells kind of like oh, like feet, right? It smells terrible. Like in yeah. So here, this is the journey. So I bite into it, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I like this texture. Then I smell it and taste it mm. at the same time. So I get like the, there's like this foot thing, but specifically the taste reminds me of like a cheese puff. Like, oh yeah, yeah, like a yeah, Cheeto yeah. puff or like one of those like cheese puff That's ball things you can get at like Walmart. So that's like giving me like corn chi vibes. I'm like, what? But then I hit the chocolate. I'm like, but this chocolate is delicious. And yeah. I love the texture, but I can't get over the smell. Did I can't get over the cheese smell and or the cheese is. like flavor. Did you say it smelled like a foot? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's, I agree. Like, yeah. It does. So <laughs> it does smell like a foot. That was the journey of like, oh, ah, oh. Like, so it here, was just like. Here's, here's what that is. So right in the middle of the ingredients is a mixed whole milk powder. I bet it's that the milk smells powder. Like foot? Yeah, I bet the milk powder just oh, it it's smells like lingering like, in my nose. I hate it. You know, because um, like you said, it smells like cheese. Well, you know, milk, cheese. I just it's a little bit. I'm sorry for bringing yeah. that to your attention. That like forever. Yeah, I know. Oh yeah, perception that's definitely changed because my it rating. took you it took 100%. you three three things to and it was like my first thing, but. Oh yeah, no, so, this is only my second one. And I only okay. opened it because you said the smell. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and yeah, now yeah. I wish I had a replay of your faces of your face and your sounds <laughs> from that. I guess I can get it later, but 
Um, you like it makes total sense now after hearing you explain it and then smelling it. You should put, like, that, put that audio in right here. You're like, yeah. oh, oh. <laughs> or, well, I can't even do the bad one that's bad on South uh, oh. So <laughs> like, gonna, it was not good. I'm gonna give us a 3.25. I oh, okay. Overall, find it enjoyable, even though it's got some really weird out of the box things. <laughs> the the way like it leaves a nice aftertaste in my mouth. The chocolate is wonderful. The texture really works for me. The smell and just the that initial yeah. experience was just like a lot. So three point two five for me. Hmm. And now that you mentioned the smell, I I, <laughs> I mean it's not completely disturbing for me because I, I I'm thinking of it again. But you'll as, never as not notice it. Is the thing. oh I won't. I, now that I think about it, I want to smell all my my snacks now. So, um, Wait, but I, I'm going to give it a little snacks? bit higher. I do like the chocolate. Three point five for me. It's uh, you know still uh, still up there, but um, yeah, I do I do like everything about the taste. So, all right, I'm coming in with a patented John G hot take. <laughs> I was riding high on the five wave. Ooh, on the five pre, wave pre smell initial oh, no. taste. <laughs> oh no, five out of five. Oh no, I was riding high. <laughs> <laughs> post smell <laughs> which lingered in my nose for a solid two and a half to four minutes it's i'm giving it a 2.25 oh god maybe a two wow. no. that smell like <laughs> no good wow. to, it's gotta go everything else about it great mm. i loved it i don't even taste the cheese part the chocolate was great the texture was great even the crushed up crumbs were great. But when I smelled, I can't even eat the second one because of the smell. <laughs> All right. And like KJ said, once you smell it, you this is the adopt apocalypse it. of smells. Of <laughs> this is the apocalypse. This is the apocalypse. The once you smell it, apocalypse. you can't turn around yeah. and go back. Your life is forever changed. 2.25. Wow. <laughs> uh, maybe remove the milk, milk powder. I don't know. I need to know if that's what that is. I want to know how you tra- capture a foot smell and a t- tasty well, treat. Uh, there's a world where, yeah, like milk and cheese and a stinky cheese being yeah, kind of like a foot. That's true. Like that's a, true. That's like actually dirty, very true. Sweaty old foot, just like foot. So <laughs> yeah, it's not. Great. I'm about to after I play basketball tomorrow night. Take my shoes off when no. I get home and okay. smell my foot Don't and compare that. it. No, to that's the smell a dirty, stinky this. old foot. This oh, is man. not a dirty, stinky old foot. Yeah, this is not. This is not basketball sweaty foot. This is just this a is mild. A, this milk is just like powder. a regular. Foot. I've had a normal day at the office. It's been a, 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 okay. So you're saying I should smell my foot now? Yeah. At the end of the day, I take off my shoe, and what do I smell? Maybe my foot. Is it bad? Maybe some foot. I really hope like, my foot. I, I really hope great. Kemi Foods is not listening to this episode. I'm it's sorry like, if you oh, are. You know what? It's like uh, like if you like when all of the kids, like young kids, like you know first graders, go out to recess. And then they come back inside and you're like, you're not old enough to really properly produce B- BO, but you've got a smell. <laughs> it's not great. You've got, you've, you got, you've a, got smell. a smell. It's like you got that. a BO smell. Great. Oh, well, anyways. that's a great way to end this episode. <laughs> you've, uh, you've got, got a, a BO smell. smell. You've got a BO smell. You have one <laughs> new message. We've just been canceled on every station. <laughs> it's fine. Talking about people's We smells. buy our own snacks. So. We do buy our own snacks. Nathan, yeah, thank you for buying our snacks. You Unless are someone wants to buy a snack for us. Patrick, where can they do that? 
if you want to buy a snack for us, you can go to johnshishow.com and find multiple different ways to buy us snacks, generally from the support page, maybe from the store page, probably not from the store page, but you can buy other stuff from the store page. Um, if you want to go and find out all about our lovely adventures on the show and our other controversial hot takes on our food portions, <laughs> you can follow all of our social medias at John She Show, where we post all of the episodes weekly on Wednesdays. Um, if you want to reach out to us and give us your own controversial hot takes, you can do that on those said social media platforms. You can also send us an email to johnchishow at justlikemedia.com. You can also call us and leave us a voicemail at 977... 972. Nope. 972-677-8867. Close enough. I was trying. Yeah. Leave us a message. You might play it on the show. We might not, but we'll listen. We'll listen. Um, if you want to reach out to me uh, for any reason at all, you can do that at Patrick in the world on most of the social media worlds out there. Nathan? Other worlds. <laughs> I am on Instagram as N Nowak and uh, Facebook as Nathan Nowak. Uh, and I'm at KJ Relke wherever I want to be found on the internet. Or if you want to do some deep diving, probably some version of Junte where I don't really care to be found. On the internet. In the video like, game world. If you want to dive deep and find there. me where I don't want to be found. Just like you would be. I don't care. Dang. He doesn't care. Star Wars Squadrons. Yeah. Or FIFA. Or FIFA. Hit find him up. on FIFA. Find him on FIFA doing that Liverpool doing FC. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how I feel about Liverpool right now. So, anyways, thanks everybody for listening. Until next week, John Chi, hey yo. Hey yo. Meow, 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 meow. Meow. Good up.